What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Locked on Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome in to the Tuesday, August the 29th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. All right, on today's show, Jarvis Landry. Just how important is he to this team? Is he a trade candidate? How much money is he worth? We are going to take a deep dive into the Dolphins' most decorated receiver. That, some news and some notes, and much, much more on today's Locked On Dolphins podcast. But first, before we get to any of that, into the meat of the episode, I have to remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Drop me a five-star rating, write me a nice review, and give me a follow on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Don't forget to check out the Locked On Sports family of podcasts, including the Locked On NFL podcast and the Locked On Heat podcast for national and local coverage of your favorite team. Once again, follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Check out my personal website, thirdand10.com. I've got the week three recap for the preseason quarterbacks up right now. Lots and lots of work, lots of gifs, lots of scouting reports. Evaluated every throw for that, so the week three preseason grades are up. Those are the kind of grades you'll be seeing throughout the course of the season this year as I move forward with that. So thirdand10.com, check that out. Jay Cutler's performance from Thursday night against the Eagles is in there. But that is neither here nor there because we have some stuff to get to on the podcast today. Namely, the contract slash trade slash rumor mill situation surrounding number 14 Jarvis Landry, the Dolphins as I came to find out today, the fan favorite. I mean, I knew I knew he was a fan favorite, but I didn't realize how much of a fan favorite he was, and we'll get to that here in a second. But first, let's clean up on a couple of housekeeping notes and just go back and kind of redact a couple of things from the Monday podcast with Kevin Dern and I talking about the final roster and the cuts that we thought would happen. As we finished recording that show, we did it over the weekend and we were busy on, on Sunday, Monday. So I get, I got him on Saturday. We recorded the show. We talked about the offensive line and who could potentially fill in some backup roles, who were going to be starters. And we talked about Craig Urbic making the team and no more than the half an hour after I, I cleaned up the audio and Kevin got, got off the other end and, and went up and did his own thing. Craig Urbic was cut. So what that tells me is that maybe he's not going to be ready for a few weeks and the Dolphins wanted to not guarantee his contract right away because if you make the opening day roster, your entire salary for the course of the season is guaranteed no matter what happens from that day forward. So I imagine kind of like Sam Young last year, they cut him before before the season started and brought him back as the swing tackle. So maybe something like that with Craig Urbic, come back in and compete for a backup job once he is healthy again and play on a week-to-week contract rather than the whole thing being guaranteed. So he is out. What does that do to the offensive line? 
I think your clear, clear-cut starter at left guard is going to be Jesse Davis. He's got a lot of time there. Possibly Anthony Steen, but I would give the nod to Davis. So Steen probably makes the club. And I think that's going to pull out Isaac Asiata from the Ashes, the guy that Kevin and I both cut and hoped to stash on the practice squad. I think that brings him and his his uh, woeful preseason. I don't know if woeful is too strong of a word, but it's definitely up in that class in that category because he came into camp overweight and then he played in the preseason and wasn't very effective at a lot of things, had some bad tape. He had one nice, really nice block on that Sonoris Perry touchdown run against the Baltimore Ravens. But outside of that, it's been a pretty rough August for Isaac Asiata. But he gets some good news here and that one of the guys that was going to make the roster probably not going to be there for opening day. So Asiata has a chance to get back into the good faith of the coaches and uh, and of, of the personnel staff as well. So we'll see him more of him going forward, I would imagine. I don't know. That's just what I'm, I'm guessing based on where this team is at with their offensive line depth. Note number two that I wanted to get into was another player that is a surprise um, cut. I don't. There, there was an article today, I think Joe Shad wrote about it today, from the Palm Beach Post, writing that Neville Hewitt has a, a serious injury, maybe not serious injury, but an, an injury that's serious enough that's going to keep him on the sideline for some time. So the Dolphins are either going to try to trade him or cut him or IR him. It's one of those three things. I don't see a trade happening for a backup linebacker like hit like Neville Hewitt. So without Hewitt, the back, the linebacker depth gets even more depleted. And these guys are in, in some kind of a tough way. And I have to imagine there's going to be a trade for a linebacker at some point because you're now down. You know, we all know about Raekwon McMillan and then simply the lack of production from the other guys across the back end of the roster, if you will. So maybe some guys like Brandon Watts or Chase Allen get a chance to make the roster now, but I don't know that they would necessarily deserve it, at least as defensive players opposed to special team stalwarts. So and I think that's something that you might see a little bit more of this season with the extended 90-man roster into the fourth week of the preseason rather than having the cut down from 90 to 75 and then from 75 to 53 they just go from 90 straight to 53 after the fourth game so now you're going to have a lot more guys getting opportunities to play in that fourth game rather than getting cut and one of the consequences of that new rule that I've heard from around circles that are connected to the league is that perhaps you might see more trades of back-end roster type of guys rather than cutting and trying to wait for the waiver wire. So rather than, you know, if I want to get rid of this guy that is going to get picked up by somebody else, I will call up some other team who's going to cut another guy and we'll just swap those two guys. And that way we can bypass and circumvent the entire waiver wire. So you might see something like that happen where the Dolphins bring in some kind of linebacker. I got to imagine they're going to bring in somebody because this roster right now, outside of Alonzo and Lawrence Timmons, they don't really have an NFL linebacker on the roster. So they're going to have to get one. I know you can argue Ray Malaluka, but <laughs> you heard Kevin talk about him. He, uh, it's, I don't see him being a productive player this season or going forward at all for anybody. So, you know, the linebacker position has to get cleaned up. It has to get fixed. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst. List. All right, and before I move on here to the main topic I wanted to get into today, I'm going to remind you guys again to check out the rest of the Locked On Sports podcast or network of podcasts like the Locked On NFL podcast, Locked On Heat podcast, 
And of course, subscribe to this podcast, the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I enjoy doing it. I really like reaching out to the fans on Twitter and getting the reviews from you guys. So I really appreciate that. Locked On Dolphins podcast. Give us a subscribe, rating, and review. All right. The big topic for the day, the one that everyone's talking about, Twitter is a buzz as everyone is weighing in their two cents on the Jarvis Landry situation and whether or not he is in fact going to be a trade candidate within the next couple of weeks. We've heard the story kind of throughout the offseason and Michael Lombardi, an NFL insider, if you want to call him that at this point, is pounding the table saying the Dolphins are lying about their position with Jarvis Landry and that they are reaching out to teams. And what I've heard from the other side is is that the Dolphins brass is saying, no, that's not at all what happened. Jarvis Landry is not going anywhere today, tomorrow, or anytime during the season. Now, whether or not that includes 2018 is another story, but the Dolphins are vehemently stating that he is not going anywhere this this year, and it makes a lot of sense because this team can compete this year. So losing one of your key producers and one of your most reliable and durable and, and most passionate and, and, and best receivers and best players in the team wouldn't really do a whole lot for the team this year. It would have to be positioning the team for some type of trade up in the draft or something crazy like that. That's just kind of a Madden type of trade. So what would be the proper compensation for Jarvis Landry is the first question I have for myself. And I think you have to start with the first round pick. And I think you have to do it with a team that is not a New England Patriots or a Green Bay Packers or a Pittsburgh, one of these teams that, you know, I'm not saying those teams need Jarvis Landry, but you can't give them to a team that's going to finish in the top, you know, go to the playoffs, I, I suppose, or guaranteed to go to the playoffs or the, or the divisional round because a late first round pick, I don't think is worth it for Jarvis. I think that he's, he's more valuable than that to this team. But if you can get a pick up into the top 20 or maybe top 25, you know, in that range where you're talking about, you know, getting some real value, and then you can kind of parlay that with your current draft pick that will be in that similar range. You can start talking about a serious move up the draft. And the reason that's interesting to me is because, you know, Ryan Tannehill has the knee injury. Jay Cutler's 34 years old. This team could could potentially, you know, it's feasible that they are in the quarterback market next year. So if you're going to trade Jarvis Landry, it has to be in mind, or the it has to be with the mindset that you're going to attack a quarterback in the draft. And I say that loving Ryan Tannehill as much as anybody, but there are two quarterbacks in this class, man. Josh Allen and, and Sam Darnold are just sensational players. I've watched them on film obsessively and they, they just look the part. They look the real deal. Josh Allen, especially I have a pretty big man crush on that guy. So for me, that's what I need for to give up Jarvis Landry is the potential. And that's not even really enough really, but the potential to go up and get Josh Allen is what I would need. So I don't think he's going anywhere for that reason. How much does he mean to this team? I think that he's kind of the heart and soul of the offense. I think that the offense this year could go through more Jay Ajayi, but Adam Gaze runs so many screen passes off that three-by-one bunch formation and different things in the short game where Jarvis Landry gets so involved in an extension of that running game that he's just so valuable and intricate to that to that process and to the to setting themselves up for manageable third downs by getting Landry the ball and letting him create yardage and get them down to like third and two and third and three or even first down sometimes. So he's very valuable to this team. How do you keep him here long-term? How how does Landry get extended here? Because Devontae Parker has this year, he has 2018, and then 2019 is going to be his fifth-year option with the club as a first-round draft pick. And I, I can't imagine a scenario where they don't exercise that if things keep going the way they have this offseason. I know the first two years were a little bit rocky with Devontae Parker and his work habits and all that stuff and the injuries, but this year seems to be a different guy. If he explodes like almost everyone that I've, I've read or talked to seems to think 
then he's not going anywhere. You have Kenny Stills, who at that time will, will be at a point where you could feasibly cut him. So I don't really think the Jarvis Landry contract extension is that crazy. Maybe the dollars don't make as much sense right now, but if you can kind of backload that deal to where his big money comes when Kenny Stills starts to get kind of tapering off a little bit, and then maybe Devontae Parker gets a similar type of deal where he gets kind of backloaded, you can make it work. So I don't think that there's really that big of a challenge. And if worse comes to worse, you just tag him this year, and he plays on the tag next year, and you redo the whole thing in the following season. So Jarvis Landry's situation, not really that dire, although I do believe that he is expendable for the right price, because who in this league really isn't? There's only a handful of guys that you wouldn't trade for anything, right? So Jarvis Landry's not that. He has his limitations as a player. You know, he's not going to outrun anybody to the to the goal line. He's not going to... He's not going to create separation with speed. He does it with with quickness and agility and and savvy uh, technician, if you will. So, you know, and then we saw that the other night in one of the preseason games when they tried to throw a little wheel route to Landry up the sideline, and he he had the guy beat, but he couldn't separate from him enough to where there was room for a completion to get made. And you see, you see that limitation from the slot. He can't play the perimeter very well or, or very often if he does, and that that just, you know, he's kind of overvalued by his own fan base for that reason. And he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. A lot of players, you know, you don't want to look for what a guy does negatively because just don't do that. Just do what he does best and do and appease his strengths. So Jarvis Landry has plenty of strengths and just ignore the weaknesses and, and, and do what he does best. And, and, you know, that's the only reason I bring that up is because you can kind of overvalue or overinflate his value to this team. If you kind of fall in love with him as a fan and why wouldn't you, the guy's an exceptionally hard worker and a good player. So, I don't see him going anywhere. And the last point here on Jarvis Landry before we get out of here for today is who would even replace him? I mean, Leontay Carew is a kind of a slot specialist too, but he's been nothing but a bust to this point. I mean, I know it's very early in his career, but getting deactivated, you know, late in the season and then missing time this camp, it just doesn't look good for Leontay Carew. Looks like he's getting passed by Jakeem Grant on the death chart as well. So there really is not a feasible slot option to take over for him unless you want to go with Jakeem Grant, who's been doing better on the perimeter anyway. So it doesn't make much sense there. Like I said, Carew, Demora Stringfellow is more of a, a perimeter guy. And then you're looking at like Drew Morgan, Trey Griffey, Mitch Matthews, Malcolm Lewis, Rashard Lawrence. I mean, none of those guys are going to give you anywhere near what Jarvis Landry does. So unless you're looking outside for an outside source to come in and help, you know, some type of player for player pick type of deal, you're just not going to replace Jarvis Landry. So he's not going anywhere. Get used to that. He's going to be here for at least this year, and we'll see what happens moving forward. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's show. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating, review. Check out the other Locked On Sports podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL and check out 3rd10.com. I promise you won't be disappointed on that. I put a lot of effort and time into that piece this week, so check out 3rd10.com. We'll be back tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose of Dolphins football. Fins up. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.